All right, welcome everyone back to dissecting popular nerds. Today we have uh, we have a true nerd. You you can't see Larry Miller right now, but if you could see the background, there's various different Star Wars things and depictions of the of the universe in, in various different ways. So, Larry, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, last time we were talking. We, we were talking about the, the world, the word millennial and, and throwing that term around with, you know, no regard for, um, you know, respect for the term whatsoever. So let's just throw this term millennial around and the, and the birth of the internet and why you, why, well, first of all, why do you hate the, why do you hate the word millennial to begin with? Well, I don't really care for it in the sense that you're, you're, stero- you're stereotyping a, a group of people that really have a bad rap about their, about the generation. I, I have a, a sister that's some 18 years younger than me and she's considered a millennial, but she is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. And I've met some 20 year olds who are still kind of fall into that realm and they, they've done their hardest to be the best human being they can. And they've risen above a, a lot of Gen Xers. And there's this, there's a stereotype typical way of thinking about these people that um, they, they just got a bad rap that I don't think they, they deserve. It just, it just hurts the, the whole society of how they are um, not getting the, the dust due to their, their, their work ethic, I guess. That's, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Now, do you think that's just in general because maybe possibly America in general has this uh, disease with um, never settling for, for mediocrity. And I only say that because I was, I'm overseas at the moment right now. I'm visiting a friend and we were talking last night and I was like, why do you, so why is it that, um, you know, America invents absolutely everything? Like literally why, why, how is that possible that just about every major invention I don't know, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, things like electricity, the car, computer, I don't know, I guess there's some debate on where, on where the internet really came from. And I said, but you know, why is it, can't someone just come up with an app that makes like, you know, a billion dollars, like even like Uber, for example, because I'm, I'm overseas and I, it doesn't matter where I'm at, I can, I can pull up the app on Uber, it somehow translates, takes money out of my bank account, no one asked me if I'm money laundering or anything like that, it just, it still converts all the money and I get a ride to where I'm going. And he said, you know what I think? I said, I think it's that everyone in America is kind of living on their own little island by themselves and we don't settle for mediocrity. Truly, I agree with that 100%. And the the stereotype of the millennial is, oh, I'm kind of, you know, lived with my parents up until the time I'm, you know, whatever, you know, 36, I've got... um, Well, 36, (laughs) they wouldn't be a millennial, would they? Yeah, they would be a millennial. Um, You know, I've got... uh, yeah, I've got loans, you know, I'm sitting on the couch drinking my um, kale smoothie, you know, whatever it is. Um, do you think it's that the, the older generation, the, the work hard generation, and that's not to say that the millennials don't work hard, but do you think that that's what maybe where the mixed match is happening? And they were born into, you know, after the birth of the internet. Well, uh, to, to talk, talk about that, the work hard mentality. So you and I, uh, we're around the same age, I think. So uh, I think you and I were brought up in a generation where we were taught to work hard. So our whole, we don't, we're only, no, we're only, we only do what we were, we were taught. So we were taught to work hard. So we work hard. And so that, that translates into our everyday life. 
our children, uh, we were, we didn't want to work so hard. So we taught our children to work smarter. And what that translate is, is they are trying to fix things that are broken when we're trying to work so hard. And so that's mind shift, I think, has changed how they are doing their everyday lives. So they work smart on their phones because they're trying to build those things that you mentioned. Uh, so we don't have to work so hard because our generation, the gener- Gen X generation, we have more trades people than any other time in, in the history of, uh, I don't know if the facts are accurate, but more about there's more trade people in the world than they are in the Gen X generation than they are in the millennial generation. And we're trying to catch up. And the, the millennial generation doesn't want to work in the plumber field. They don't want to do, do a carpenter. They don't want to do, they want to work, find something to uh, build a robot to, so they can, don't have to go work so hard. And on top of that, our generation has been um, teaching our children that they're entitled. Um, and, and, and I don't want to say that so glibly, but basically our children have been taught, okay, you do great. You're going to get an, uh, an award. You're going to do great. And you're going to get um, uh, this plaque just for, what if they don't do great? If they don't do great, do they still get a plaque? Most likely. And it's, 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 it's unfortunate <laughs> because you, there's no, there's, they're setting themselves, we're setting themselves up to actually fail because they don't understand this, the sense of failure. And our children need to understand that things happen and we do fail at things. And that's a life lesson. You have to learn how to be a better human being by actually failing. Because if you don't have that so sense irony, of failure. But the irony and, is that and, we're setting people up for failure then. That's the irony of it. Is now now it that is. when people fail, they're not prepared to fail. For, for sure. That's what so we should I'm send saying. them to failure school. We should send them to failure school. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I, I think every every human being um, should go through two years of some sort of structured. Um, like maybe go to the military, go to school for where you're told to do X, Y, and Z. Because if if you're not taught to be, I guess the the, the word I'm going to use is submissive it, to somebody else. Be, be, be basically become a, a servant to somebody else. We, we don't teach our, our, our society as a whole, I think, in my opinion, is that we don't Well, that's what you just did. You just hit the nail on the head by saying my opinion. That, that's what you're saying. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So right. we have a bunch of people that have opinions. Everyone has their own opinion, but w- there's not enough people that are just willing to, like you said, serve. We, we've, right. got a, we've got a bunch of, um, what's the term, um, a bunch of chiefs and not enough Indians. Correct. And, and people that haven't earned the title chief. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very predominant in our society today. And everybody and, wants to be the one in charge. And just to layer that in, because this is, this is really echoes the, the conversation I was having last night, which was he, um, my friend was saying, you know, and, and just so you know, I'm, I'm actually in, I'm in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia right now. And wow. he was, and he was saying over here, he said, um, a lot of the, you know, the kids grow up just being told what to do. They, they, they almost can't think on their own because they're just used to like, you know, do this, do that. We were talking about the structure in the school and we, I was just, we were just comparing the two different societies because it's, it's almost like, you know, like a mirror opposite, right? It's like the perfect opposite 
example of it. And he's like, over here, it's just, you know, it's almost like they can't think on their own. They're, they aren't, they're, they're told what to do, but they have a very kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say like, it, it is tribal, but I want to say tribal as much as it is kind of, uh, it is tribal, more of like a community kind of like together, you all like kind of work together, fail together type of mentality, right? Um, but there's no... Um, he's like, like he teaches, right? So he teaches in school. He's like, if there's no, like the kids, like if you told them to do this, like, like, and they had to like do like think on their own or something like that just wouldn't happen. Like they, there needs to be like direct instructions, which is the opposite of what you're saying right now. We need to send kids to school and just give them direct orders. And they need to learn to serve and, and follow a kind of like a structured plan for a while. I do think that, I think that's important that we teach all humans actually how to understand that you need to have a little bit of humility. You need to understand that there are people that are suffering and or need assistance that are above and beyond your own personal self-gain. There's people out there that need to understand that they need help more than you do. And I don't think we don't, we don't teach our children that unless they go, they're brought up in a, you know, maybe in a religious home, uh, a lot of times they don't get that type of thought process. And with the, with the advent of um, social media and everybody's getting bombarded with so much information these days. And negative. I, I think we're, and a lot of negative. Yeah, and it's all negative. And we're not, we're not um, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of him, um, Gary Vernercheck, um, and he, he, he's doing his best. And it's very difficult for, uh, from his point of view, um, I have noticed it happening a lot with more motivational speakers that they're trying to um, give positivity. And if we start talking more about positivity versus the negativity, I think we as a society would, would actually grow. And, and, and there's certain things in our, in our climate today, um, both uh, naturally in, in, in the world, as well as politically and socially, that it's very we're getting bombarded with poor, horrible thought processes that's just bringing us down. And we need to start bringing people back up. Well, Gary layers that all back into business and marketing. So I think his, his ultimate intention is one of um, not necessarily, I don't know if I believe him hundred percent. I'll just be honest with you. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. With, I have my thing with Gary V with Gary V because ultimately he's trying to sell wine. Right. So ultimately, right. You know, like it, if, if, if a bunch of kids die due to some, even one drunk driver due to his marketing advertising to wine, it's, it's not worth it to me, but that's just my own no, personal no. opinion. I totally Gary. agree with you. Um, so how do we lay this all back into, because the, how this whole conversation got started was with the birth of the internet and how, I don't know, let's just say millennial software engineer doesn't really understand why the internet works a certain way, which is fascinating. Yeah, because because they, they don't even know how to turn on a computer practically. So oh, yeah. you know, you, you, they, they 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 live in front of this little tiny device, which is so funny because you know we we had these gigantic room, rooms filled back in the day when the internet first and computers first came into into play. They're as, as big as a, a first floor on, on, a, on an office building, and now they're the you can hold in your hand. Uh, enough power that to take you to the moon because that's the technology has grown leaps and bounds in the last 50 years. And I, I have kids that I, so I work on computers for, for everybody from young to old. And I am, um, I had a kid, he did, he got a brand new laptop. He, his mom and dad wanted me to have him set it up. 
and he didn't he couldn't find the power button. It was it was literally right on the front of the of the computer, but he he didn't know how to. And then when he, what is this control alt delete? What is this password thing? I just use my fingerprint to open up my phone. I can't. Do I need a password? Oh Why? What's a password? How so old was he? That type. I think it was like eight, but I mean, it was. Okay. But I get that, you know. But kids today have so are so laser focused on you know, TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram or wherever, mm-hmm. they, they're not paying attention to the everyday skills that we're using on our computers. You know, how to use a full-fledged keyboard with a 10, 10 keypad. And, you know, when they, when they start going into the workforce, they're still going to need uh, to, the basic skills on how to turn on a computer, how to use Microsoft Word. I was a little they're, shocked. I mean, again, back to the same, back to the same. I was having this discussion again last night he, he, uh, with another with another guy that was saying, you know, we have to take this like college preparatory technology course, and like the in, the instructor asked, and and they're young, you know, these are kids like just you know in in college, just entering college. And the instructor asked them how many of them knew what Microsoft Word was. Raise your hand, please. And he said, I think two people raised their hand. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> That's pretty scary. I was, I was actually pretty shocked. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, no, honestly, like, you're joking, right? And he's like, no, I'm dead serious. Now, of course, this is like more of a melting pot, you know, mix of probably like, you know, foreigners and whatever class he was in, you know, so there's probably like people from Africa and and all over the world in this class. So I could see that being more, but still not, I mean, here's two things that, yeah, here's two things that resonate with me though is, so the kids today, they will be um, in our workforce within 15 years running our world basically. So they live and breathe on their phone. So we have to start selling and start interacting with that mindset going forward because they're going to start wanting, they're going to want to start doing business that way. I mentioned earlier in the conversation about working smarter. So they're going to want to start working their smart way inside of those environments where they are communicating at a different level. They're working at a different level because that's how they handle uh, their particular communication methodologies. Entering trouble yeah. tickets via Snapchat. Exactly, exactly. I but have see, people that have that. I have IT directors. I believe that it, that I believe it. I get, a, I get a ticket from Snapchat. I get a ticket from Instagram. I get a ticket from this. I'm like, are you nuts? Was, that is just insane. Yeah, the other side of that is, so we have a lot of old guys, you know, with companies that have been like, let's just say Ford or, or Chrysler or GM, the, the very old seventy-five-year-old lawyer in a law firm, uh, group, exactly. You know, whatever. So, yeah. So he, if it's not broken, we're not going to fix it, right? So where's my line button on my on my uh, Avaya phone? Exactly. So they are they have established an environment that's worked for them. They bring bring in a lot of revenue. They do very well in their environments. Well, these kids are going to start coming into those workforces, they have to start de-learning what they've learned before to start using basically maybe a DOS-based system, hypothetically. And that DOS-based system, they don't know what, how, to, how to use a DOS-based system. I worked for a company a few years ago, and they still had green screen yeah. environment for, their, for the point of sale. And these kids that are coming into this environment, they're starting to learn 
you know, they have all these skills that are coming out of college and, and doing the best and greatest, but they come back into this workforce and now they have to start using DOS-based commands to go to the next screen. Look, they may have gotten that they may have gotten that experience at Blackjack Pizza in Colorado, okay? Because I remember running an appointment with like Blackjack Pizza like eight years ago and it was still a DOS-based a DOS-based pizza delivery system and there was no changing it because it was like written for them. So, you know, it, it was... It works, right? We, yeah, we were trying to figure out how do we map like, you know, VPNs back to like headquarters to download this information. I can't, I just can't remember what it was, but, you know, shout out to Blackjack Pizza if you guys hear this. Probably get trouble. What do you mean, Phil? Why are you, telling, why are you telling everyone our weakness? Uh, Anyways, or our strength, or our strength, should I say. Now, to play um, the opposite here, there are plenty of smart millennials. Um, There are plenty of software developers. There are plenty of, um, I mean, millennial IT directors that I work with on a daily basis. And some of them call me and say, Phil, you know, like, I don't want to deal with this phone stuff. Can you help me? And I actually have an interesting situation right now where I'm, I'm dealing with a company um, run by a very forward-thinking millennial, I would say older generation millennial, one of one of the like you know the elders, one of the elders, and um, you know he likes the the kind of forward-thinking uh, hosted in the cloud, voice over IP, right? And but then he also has the maybe some baby boomers that you know run the company very very well that still need a phone system with like a line with like line buttons on it, you know, like line one, line two, line three. So there's kind of like this hybrid, you know, a hybrid approach where we're going, we need a, you know, a company that kind of meets in the middle that has all of the forward thinking, future proofing, uh, whatever you want to call it, technology in the cloud, you know, PBX phone system, but also has the ability to um, program a SIP based phone to mimic a, um, you know, mimic an old school key system so we can, so that when that Avaya phone gets ripped out, you still have got line, line items and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of the solution. But he wants, he would prefer to just say, you know, let's not do that at all and have everyone have soft phones. But, you know, he's very, very smart. And then there's another millennial that I talked to the other day that basically laughed at me and said, Phil, I can tell you really don't know much at all about how money works because we were having a Bitcoin conversation and it was way over my head. Oh my God like way over my head, you know? And there was this real kind of like arrogant, you know, like software mindset of like, you're an idiot. I shouldn't even spend time talking with you. Um, <laughs> so obviously there's some very smart uh, millennials out there that, you know, understand this world very, very well. So mm-hmm. I guess my point would be, let's have that same conversation on they weren't around for the birth of the internet. Is there still going to be problematic things to them that when they look at something, they say, why are we doing it this way? Because that, that's fascinating, again, to me, is, you know, they're probably going to be like, you know, why can't we have four-digit flight codes? And they may understand it, but they may not. Right. I, I think um, we need to, I mean, we're having this conversation now, and I think more and more people need to have this kind of conversation, a hard conversation about, you know, we have these differences. How do we get through them? Let's sit down and, you know, as, as a collective and figure out what's a happy medium because a lot of people don't understand what's what the differences are because they don't want to most people they change don't on a daily basis let's be right. honest though like even if we have that conversation by the time we're done having that conversation it's already changed for sure for sure i, I agree with you and it's, it's but it's very, very difficult because we humans and you i think you mentioned it earlier we all have a, 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 a 
a central way of thinking about ourselves. And, and we don't really want to work past our own bubble of life. And if we can't work through that, I think it's going to take an alien um, um, attack of the, of the planet just to make for sure people start working together. That's really what it comes down to. I don't really, and, and who knows if that's ever going to happen, but I think it's, um, I wish we, I wish we could find a really good, collective way of thinking in this in this planet and, and and i'm sure you're seeing it over where you are today you know they have different cu- countries on different parts of the world have different ways of thinking and the only the, the, there's there's actually a study that says if you, the more you travel the more you became become more earth conscious the more you become people conscious because you you see how the other side lives if you live in your bubble let's say in america like like where we are today we all have these little little bubbles of of life that nobody wants to. They don't even know. Like I was on the phone last night, and I was I was at my friend. I was like, "So what?" Are, I was like, "What are we doing? Are we going to Shake Shack, or are we going to Raising Canes, or are we going to Texas Roadhouse?" And I was talking with like a Ring Central. Like we were going over some like how we were going to engineer something or something at the time, right. and he kind of laughed. He's like, "What?" He's like, "You just you're in you're in Saudi Arabia, and you're going to Shake Shack." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> You know, and my father, who's like 84, you know, is like, be careful, be careful. You know, he thinks I'm coming over to like, you know, like a desert and people are like riding camels and like, you know, there's like machine guns and bombs going off everywhere, you know, something like that. You know, be careful <laughs> over there. And I sent him a picture of like McDonald's, like written in Arabic. He's like, oh, he's like, good, good. You can get a hamburger. <laughs> and it's like, come on. Like, I'm serious. Like you said, that's true. Like the more you travel, the more. Over here, for example, everything starts, the whole day starts at like, like five o'clock in the morning. And right. then everyone takes a nap from like one to three. Like everything shuts down. All the stores shut down. Nothing's open from like one to three. And then everything's back open again all the way until like, you know, whatever, then 10 o'clock at night. It's just a proper uh, siesta. I like that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's very different, you know, because I needed to rent a car and my friend's like, oh, we'll just go at like nine o'clock. I was like, the car rental place open at nine? He's like, yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, complete side note, but what, so is there, is there a difference? Um, why is the internet the way it is? In other words, why do you think people, if you had to put yourself in the, in the shoes of a millennial smart IT director, how does he view the internet? I believe he's, so I, I have, I have my two cents about this is the internet's only been around since what, 1993, 94. Mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Not even, not even 30 years old. Right. And we, if you looked at the internet way, the way it's progressed, you know they talked about the web one one web two web if even if I even if they've mentioned the web three yet, but it's really only less than thirty years old. So what it's going to do? It, the internet acts like a thirty year old. When it gets to maybe fifty, sixty years old, I think it'll be you know very well you know tenured if you want you're to making predictions here you're making predictions here so we're gonna have to I, I, follow this up we're gonna pull this out of the vault 30 years from now. Like, like it's not so, acting like a 50 year old well so i'm i'm 52 years old so i um uh, i have a little bit of tenure on me i have a little bit of uh you know know-how in, in my life I've, I've been working in it for 20 some odd years 25 years and i've seen that 
what just what's happened in the last four years. A friend of mine were talking about this last night. Um, Facebook Live wasn't even a thing four years ago, and everybody uses it all day long, every day, and it's changed the way we communicate. Um, but it's doing exactly what a third-year-old would be doing inside of this this bubble of the internet because it's. If you could think back when you were 30 years old, what were you doing? You were out having a good time in life. You were out having a party in. You were out in enjoying um, whatever you can about the world and not really caring about, unless you had kids, what's going on tomorrow. Because today is all about me. And it still has that same mentality. When I was a teenager, like back in the web 2.0, we were having the funky graphics, all the, the, the it's kind of like what Snapchat and TikTok are doing today, it's all the, you know, the funky um, overlays, the, the lot of gifts that are happening. There's, there's a lot of, that was web 2.0 in its, in its infancy, so to speak. But today it's taken that to the next level, which is, okay, a 14-year-old loves TikTok. A 14-year-old loves Snapchat because they can talk to their friends and it disappears just as quickly. And that's a whole nother topic we can talk about what, how kids are communicating in, in respect to social media how because that's like and, a psychology conversation that's like a child it is conversation. It's, it's, it, well and it's if also about psychology. exactly and it's also about a psychology of how we communicate so this conversation even though it's being recorded it's just a conversation and that's how sales tactics are changing today they're making it more about a conversation they're making instead of making it a sales pitch they're making it more about how can i help you succeed in your, in your business needs. And we talked about earlier about how we can um, just be a, more of a servant to things. So sales, from my point of view, what I've seen in my 52 years of life, has become more of a servant mentality when you want to try to sell something. And, should, it should always be that way. I think that's the 80-20 rule. And I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan and I always have been. And he's always said, you got to sell on the same side as the customer. You got to sell on the same side of the table, not on the opposite side of the table. You've got to be right. an assistant buyer. not. And, and he says, I hate the word pitch. He's like, I think it's a dirty word. Um, he's like, I completely agree with that. And and uh, so I always learned, and the only reason why I think I was ever successful is because I came from a servant industry. I came from serving coffee, right? Believe it or not. Um, and got into technology. And like, I really, really believed in that strongly, kind of the servant mentality, the selling on the other side of the table, being an assistant buyer and helping people, you know, because otherwise you've got just people trying to sell one product and it's just whatever, square peg into a round hole type of thing. But, mm-hmm. And I think Agreed. that's the 80-20 rule. I think 20% of this, of the sales salespeople out there are like somewhat good. And the other 80% are, you know, churn and burn, trying to hit quota, chase a product, you know, trying to ram a product right. down your throat type of thing. But anyways, um, but keep going. Okay. <clears throat> Where was I? Uh, I was, um, social media, uh, bro- forcing, so, so, so forcing a more the- social attitude. Like you have to be realer. It's too easy to find information. In other words, my comment on that would be is it's too easy for someone to Google something nowadays. They don't need you to right. tell them information because within two seconds, they can find this. No one cares about your, your value vomit inside the inbox on LinkedIn and sending me white papers and all this stuff because within two seconds, they can Google everything, get all your information. So how are you really serving the end user or how are you really well, serving I- so, so the, the, that brings to, so I have, I have a daughter in college right now. And, um, so she's, and I feel a real, real, real bad for, excuse me, um, this generation in the, in their schooling, because 
there is a plus side and a minus side to that. One, they have instant access to everything, but they're also bombarded to it with all this information that, that they have to disseminate through. But you got to, you got to, they have to figure out how to write a paper that's not plagiarized, that's unique to their own, but at the same time, you can't look up on the internet in, unless you um, need to do some sourcing. So there's a, there's a, you talking about early in the conversation, how did, how did they view the internet today? They probably either love it or they hate it because a kid that really wants to be educated and wants to try and be unique about their, their education, uh-huh. it's already been done on the internet. Everything, everything's, they have to, they have to record like 80,000, 80 podcasts and then they have to like translate all the podcasts into text and then they have to pull out keywords and they can get, you know, say something about something. They got to do right. real research because, and that takes a lot of time and it's not easy. And what, what we're asking people, so they really have to be laser focused on what they want to do. And that's a big problem in college nowadays because everyone tells you you have to go to college because if you don't go to college, you're a loser and you won't have money. You won't be able to get a loan and go become an indentured right. servant to whatever. Right. So what are the chances of a kid at that age really being super laser focused and knowing what they want to do? You know, I think if you're like, you know, you want to be a doctor and you can actually go through that pain and, and suffering to become a doctor, which is like everyone in my mm-hmm. family, then okay, you know, you're going to school to be a doctor or, you know, you're going to school to be an engineer or, you know, you're going to a school. And then even that they have their subcategories. But if it's anything other than that, it's, you know, like liberal arts, like most people, you know, you get a BA, you know, D's get right. degrees. Um, I don't know. But see, that, that part goes back to um, a lot of what we were talking about in the early, earlier in the conversation about how our kids were taught, our kids. And so our kids are brought up a specific way. And so you, you have those unique kids that are want to be a doctor, those unique kids that want to be a specific trade or a specific industry. Mm-hmm. But there's other kids in, the, in the, probably the 80% of those kids that don't know what they want to do. And do they, because we, we taught them to be smarter. Well, there's so many physical-based jobs out in this world that they don't know how to do that because we, don't, we didn't teach them. It's our fault, I think, in a lot of ways. But there's some kids that rise above that, the self-awareness of, them, of themselves, that kind of thing. But there's... Which we don't teach also. We, which we don't, we don't teach like goal. We don't teach character, goal setting, mm-hmm. vision. We don't teach like, you know, some of the basics around there. They can get people really excited. And so I think we just have a, our, the, maybe the next generation or the generation after that, maybe they'll figure it out because we, we sure in the heck didn't do it right the first time. But, you know, maybe we can, every generation is supposed to be a little bit better. Every generation is supposed to be a little bit more in tune with what's going on in the world. But, you know. A little bit better and a little bit worse at the same time. Do you think, exactly. um, uh, do you think most people fall into IT? Since we're talking about this IT direction, I talk to a lot of guys and they're like, I kind of just fell into IT. Um, and then other guys were like, no, I always want to do this. Well, um, I've been in, I was, I've been in IT since IT was in word and I've been in IT since, um, before the internet. And so I, I absolutely fell into it, but the kids today and the younger generation, I should say, um, they, I, you know, I really wish that we, we had some sort of vetting process for a lot of the IT folks out there um, because you could, if you know how to take a computer apart, put it back together potentially, and then maybe even, 
you know, know enough about Word or Excel, guess what? You're an IT guy or IT gal. So you have instantly become an IT person because you, you're more in tune with what the IT is happening in, the, in, in that environment that you're working at, potentially. They... Um, so for example, question, I'm my, yes. for example, I'm not an IT guy, but, but I am my family's IT guy. Exactly. <laughs> You're clever. See, just setting up this podcast, enough using Zoom, understanding that you can press record to record this to send it off to get um, edited or, or you edit yourself, you yeah, potentially yeah. could do all that. And most people, I'd say 95% of the people of the planet I can probably guarantee you don't know how to do what we do, what we're doing right now. Huh. And I was a creative writing major, so this is a lot about <laughs> the next generation. <laughs> well, I mean, I th- I think a lot of the a, a lot of people are living in a technology age, and so you know, people say, "Oh, I'm not tech savvy." Well, you know, you're much more tech savvy than you realize. You have a lot more know-how than the generation before you, for one. Probably more savvy than probably. Fifty percent of all of the baby booner boobers. You know what that is. You know what you're. You know what you're saying, which is I think fairly fairly mind blowing, is most people underestimate themselves. Most people don't even know what their own talents are. You know, they think, nah, I don't have anything. They don't know how to pull out. A lot of people don't know how to pull out their own strengths, and then uh, kind of magnify them. And one thing that I'm finding that's really interesting in IT as well is I ask a lot of people if they had any great mentors and I would say 80% of them say no, which is surprising to me. Why do IT directors, IT leaders, CTOs, technology leaders, why are they telling me they don't have great mentors? Some do. Some are telling me they have great mentors, but why are so many saying, no, I didn't. I just did it on my own. And is that a problem? Well, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's a monumental problem because what's happening is that I mentioned earlier in the conversation is that, this next generation is going to be the ones that are defining our futures. And if we can't give them the tools, and I'm just not saying IT tools, just tools in general on how to be a better human and how to be a better um, technologist, better futurist, better whatever you want to call them, they have the potentiality of failure as well. And I think we're trying to you mentioned this before. This ground, round, round square, square. I can't say the word. Square, <laughs> square peg into a round hole. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank. You. And into our society, and it's, it's. I think it's hurting us more than helping us. I think we, we could find a group of, and, and I think it's more male-based mentors in, in this. And uh, I have um, a lot of African American friends, and. Um, they are um, they're struggling to be a good mentor to the next generation of the African American man, and it's it's. I think we need to have more of that mindset across the board because the way you treat each other and the way males treat women in this society is just abysmal, and we need to try and make. Um, a better stance on how we treat each other, let alone, you know, treating the female species of the planet. And it's, it's, it's really resonates with me because I'm, I have two daughters and I I want them to be in a, in a society that's treats them equally and fairly 
not only from how, how their bodies, but to how they're paid, to everything. And it's, <clears throat> it's a, this is a deeper conversation for a different time, but I mean, it's just, it's just, it just really resonates with me. And I, I think to be the best mentor to anybody is to, is to literally take the time and find your own inner, inner peace so you can help somebody else. And we, you and me, Phil, need to, as our, as our generation goes through, needs to help each other so we can help the younger generation. I think that. I think it has a lot to do with back to servant leadership again and, and just being mm-hmm. able to serve, but really honestly being able to serve and how are you thinking and what are you thinking about and what are you doing when no one else is around and you're all by yourself in the room? Is it me, me, me? Or are we really trying to do something that's a little bit bigger? I have four daughters, by the way, so I, um, I feel for you there. Um, yes, and I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have four daughters and four boys, so it's kind of oh my word. Uh, so that's um, yeah, that that is a topic for another time. But I think I think the mentorship is um, is a key is a key piece, especially, and then it also goes back into how do we how do we determine what level of skill base does any, does anyone have in it to begin with? And, mm-hmm. and why are recruiters um, not able to really recruit effectively and, unless they can, I, I don't know. That's also another subject as well. Um, how do we know? And, and how does anyone that's hiring an it director <laughs> who's supposed to be hiring someone to provide a, you're basically hiring for someone and hoping that they're the right hire, that they have the tech, the level of technology knowledge because you don't have the knowledge that they have, but you need to hire that person. That, that's a, that's a very interesting. Right. Question, well, I think it comes down to like having, you know, when you're a doctor or you're a lawyer in those fields, you have to basically the word practice is what they call themselves. They're practicing law. They're practicing medicine. Uh-huh. We don't call it practicing it because and we should, because it's really an evolving technology, or evolving field, and it's always growing. I mean, daily Moore's law is like it's it's not in two years anymore. It's more like sixty seconds, and it, every time you turn around, there's something new happening in this in this field, and we have to literally stay ahead of the game if we want to be successful in it. Maybe we should and call it we establishing. We should call it establishing, constantly establishing IT. Exactly. And I, and I fully agree with that. And I think we should take that mindset and apply it to IT. We should apply it so we should, they should have a full-fledged internship or you know, like a journeyman for an electrician. You need to have um, an X amount of time before you can be qualified as an IT professional. Um, yeah. We, it's not been around long enough. But my, uh, I, I love the, tra- I think the trade school mentality, I think that, you know, that used to be kind of like, I don't know, poo-pooed or whatever back in the day, but, you mm-hmm. know, we used to laugh at the guys that, you know, went to trade school or whatever. And now they're all, you know, own their own business and have like a bunch of trucks running on the street and they're all making half a million a year or whatever it is. You know, I think right. there's a lot to be said. I think that that's the schooling of the future, to be honest with you. Um, right. you know, where you really, you know, uh, that's just, that's the schooling of the future. And my friends, um, He's going to school to be an electrician right now, and he's, he's it's funny because he's underneath one of the best electricians in in the state, right? Like this huge contractor guy, and <laughs> it's just funny. I was, I was thinking to him, he's like, you know, we don't really just go hit the breaker downstairs. We just t- take two wires and, and bang them together and make the breaker flip that way. 
I was like, right. <laughs> he's like, you know, you learn a lot of tricks of the trade that, uh, you know, might not necessarily be always code, but, um, oh, just for get, sure. it just goes to show, you know, like there's certain things you can't learn. Um, well, just, just about all of us. Once we, once we leave school, everything that we use on a daily basis, we learn being out of the real world. All right. So, uh, final message. Um, if there's anything, um, you wanted to deliver to the, you know, to the listeners out there, this was a much deeper conversation than I thought it would be, but any, um, you know, final message, uh, anything that you wanted to deliver out, you know, to the, uh, the technology leaders, because this is mostly technology leaders that listen to the show. Um, any message, any, any final words? Well, I think, I think the last topic that we just touched on is probably the most relevant, um, um, is I think we need to be better servant leaders to not only our, 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 our staff, to our future generation of um, employees, if you want to call them that, um, just, just try and be, look, look at it from their point of view, look at it from their, their inside of their shoes. And it's not, it's really not about you. It's, it's all about making sure that your customer's customer is happy. And what I mean by that is, because if you're an IT, let's say director, um, you're, the the other employees in the company are really your first level customer. Your second level customer is actually the where the people that are paying the money to, for your services or your product. So your customer's customer, if they're happy, then everybody in the company is happy. So you need to try and make their everyday IT needs for your first initial customer the best experience as it can be, or your customer's customer is not going to be happy. Yeah. That's, that's, and and back to the coffee business at Starbucks, we called that connect, discover, respond. Connect with your people, discover you know what their problems are, what's going on, what are their everyday struggles, um, pain points, problems, and then respond to those. Um, Larry, been been uh, been a pleasure, man. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. 